That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Alright, welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the Batman slash DC podcast with no limits with another classic review tonight. In the panel, I got uh, Teases from Jersey. Don't be an asshole, wear the mask. <laughs> I got Grandpa Batman over in Texas. I'm a dance, I'm a dance. <laughs> That's Bat- what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, Bat- <laughs> I'm a dance, I'm a dance. Bad Force Tom over in sunny California. Zip it up or zip it down. <laughs> and I got Robin Cross up in Canada. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is a, this is an episode I've been looking forward to. This is an overdue review episode. Uh, I've been meaning to do this for a while. Uh, tonight we are reviewing the classic Arkham Asylum by Grant Morrison and Dave McKean. And uh, this is one that... This is, I think, I feel this book is, I, I think, I don't know. We were talking about it earlier, and I think it's partially underrated because, it, it like Robin said earlier, it does make a lot of top 10 lists when people do lists that know their comic stuff. And, and back in 1989 when this book came out, this graphic novel, and when I say graphic, it's like gra- a graphic novel by definition due to the artwork and storytelling. Yeah. Not, not just a graphic novel in the sense of, Hipsters that don't want to say they read comics, so they say they read graphic novels. Mm, yeah, this is fuck them. Like, fuck them. When em. you think of the word graphic and you think of the word novel, I feel like those two words sum it up best for this book. In 1989 it came out, um, and uh, it seemed as though Grant Morrison won- wanted to establish a history for Arkham Asylum and further explore that, along with Batman's psyche and a character study of Batman. Um, he recruited Dave for the artwork, but it doesn't. It, I don't. If I remember correctly, it didn't sound like an easy task. This guy is a really interesting painterly illustrator artist. Um, yeah, he had done the uh, the cover art for all the Sandman, Sandman issues yeah. uh, for Neil Gaiman, and he's done a, a lot of uh, album covers for like Paradise Lost, Dream Theater, uh, Skinny Puppy, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, the artwork is very painterly and surreal and beautiful and has a lot of motion in it and it was interesting interesting little factoid is that dave would not do the book unless robin was not in it he didn't want robin in it so robin was not in this book um and uh, joker makes fun of him <laughs> yeah and uh um it's uh it's a great book it's all right so the the it's it's a pretty. There's two par. There's two stories that are parallel in this book. There's Batman going through Arkham Asylum, and also us going through the journals of Amadeus Arkham and how Arkham came to be. Amadeus, Amadeus. It starts off 
with a flashback of of uh, Amadeus Arkham in his home tending to his mentally ill mother. And already we see the surrealism in it when he's bringing her food. She cockroaches start falling from her mouth. Um, uh, they're actually uh, beetles because he, uh, yeah, he, Amadeus, Amadeus, Amadeus goes on to reference how uh, he would learn later that uh, beetles represented uh, rebirth. Mm. <laughs> what, what's crazy about this book? It's almost like um, Morrison intended this book, um, you know, to be to include all these references to all the, you know religions and all the philosophies that he's you know subscribes to he uses metaphors like the beetles and you know the architecture of arkham asylum and even you know certain references throughout the book for all this crazy shit he's into yeah and drugs i was about to say don't forget the psychedelic (laughs) drugs yeah yeah, there's even so much of so much of the story uh, hev- really heavily influenced the Arkham Asylum video game uh, from the obvious things like the asylum being taken over to even these sections where it's Amadeus Arkham oh, 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 Amadeus. Uh, telling his, you know, the history of creating the asylum. Uh, as you play Arkham Asylum, you can find all of those Chronicles of Arkham uh, tabs and you get those recordings with them that are recorded by the, quote, spirit of Amadeus Arkham. So you hear uh, it's, a, it's a very similar history uh, of the beginning of the asylum to, to what you read in the here. Arc, the, the video game had, took a lot from this story, yeah. actually. Which is, the video game? I guess Gordon calls in Batman, and he's talking about the Joker has hostages. And I always thought, I, I did look over this years ago, because I always thought it was interesting how the Dark Knight movie took a reference from this story in terms of the pencil and the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. With the Joker using the pencil as a deadly weapon and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. But um, I love, I love, especially this page right here, but I love the art style um, that, you know, what's his name? McKean. Yeah. Dave McKean. You know, he, there, he uses painting you know it looks like you know oil painting in the background but on this page it's almost like unfinished sketch work yeah mm. pencils for the panels with gordon and, and batman yeah. yeah what a what a fucking bum finish your work yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like things it's like things don't get to that uh, surreal looking uh painted quality until we get to the asylum yeah so nice she gets crazy there. i love that old phone with the speaker and, Almost uh, like this is the real world. Yeah, and obviously, <laughs> obviously, Batman has to go to the asylum because Joker has hostages, um, and he thinks that he just um, killed that girl Pearl, residency artist with the mm. pencils. Oh yeah, in the eye—that's what we were talking about. Yeah, this is interesting when he's talking about, um, you know, Gordon mentions him possibly being afraid, and he says, "Afraid? Batman's not afraid of every of anything. It's, it's me. I'm afraid." Meaning, you know underneath the mask he's afraid that the joker might be right about um his uh his psyche the, the rationality of his actions he, as he puts it so but. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing because grant morrison wrote this story sort of in response to the way batman had been characterized in comics through the 80s uh he f- he saw him as being characterized as 
really violent and uh, borderline psychopathic himself. And uh, this was written uh, as partially a commentary or response to that. And then also the asylum side of it was... Uh, his interest in that was based on reading, I think it might have been Len Wein's uh, writing on Arkham Asylum in the DC Who's Who series. Mm. Right. Amadeus is returning to his home. In the uh, 20s. Yeah, right after his mother's funeral. So he was returning home. The old bitch. <laughs> and he gives, he gives um, a story about how she died. Mm. And he says... She opened her own throat with a pearl-handled razor. Oh, the motherfucker. Mm. Yeah. And that, that plays out in later on later. in the story, but... Oh, you just made a connection that I didn't even make when I read it, which is uh-huh. very Pinteresting, Gramps, because that key detail plays out in the story amongst an individual that has no contact or knowledge of that story. Hmm. Which plays into like the psychological like haunting of the of the place, mm. and exactly. And I like when he opens that door. Like if you look at that image in the middle of the page where he's opened the door coming in, who does he look like right there? Mr. Hair's all going crazy. Yeah, he looks yeah. like Joker. Um, and and he's walking into a mouth. You know, like it kind of it's that the oh, ghost. Fuck. Of the asylum, you know? it's like, oh fuck! Oh fuck! I'm glad we do this. I believe. <laughs> and um, we cut over to when he started counseling uh, Martin Hawkins or Mad Dog Hawkins. And Hawkins is telling him how he would just, you know, slice the faces and the sexual organs of his victims just to feel something. Very Zeus. Very Zazish. Yeah. Yeah, very Zazish. I, I got a, um, you guys ever watch that show? What's it called? Fuck, it's really good. It's called uh, Mindhunter. Oh, uh, yeah, I think I watched that. Was that the? Uh, is that the one that the first was it? The first season was about uh, the Unabomber. Um, that no, show? that's a different one. Fuck, that's, that one's like Manhunter. Manhunter, yeah. Wow, that close. Yeah, so there's Mindhunter and Manhunter. I think Mindhunter is about the birth of the FBI division that tracks serial killers, like the birth of it. And uh, do you guys ever heard of Ed Kemper? Yep. There's those uh, online um, interviews with him where he's like sitting talking to FBI investigators like so calmly describing what he did in his crimes. It reminds me very similar of how chilling and cold he's just sitting there. Ed Kemper is like 6'6", like 300 pounds, and he's just like, yes, I took the head of my mother and I carved a hole underneath. It's like, holy fuck, dude. Yeah, like he's talking about picking up the groceries. Like this image of this dude just sitting in the middle of a room and like he's like almost got a smile on his face and it's just black and white with grays and blues and it's just super fucking cold looking where this guy's just telling you about the crazy shit that he's doing and then the next page it shows uh Arkham like with his fucking wife and kid like he goes from one world where he's hearing about this shit and then it goes to the next world where it's all bright and nice and beautiful mm. like just right in the next panel over mm. yeah jumping back his, and forth yeah with his uh wife and kid was it a Constance and Harriet, <clears throat> and then about his dreaming and his surreal life? And I, mm. this page right here, where where he's he talks about, I had a dream. I'm a child again. I'm lost in the fun house in a you know basically in a house of mirrors, 
and there's strangers in the mirrors and then it cuts to the tunnel of love i mean that right there is like directly referencing dark knight returns yeah Mm. And that just, that's only a few years. This came in only a few years after Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, I mean he's he's giving little nods to a little do that, and he gives little nods to to other stories throughout the book, which is really cool. Hey, I can like, tell that gets Gramps's juices flowing. Hey, Gramps, like your platinum hit record states, you got to give a little do to get a little do. <laughs> that's right, and don't forget white-eyed Batman. <laughs> that's 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 always my favorite. <laughs> So, I don't think any of them have as many downloads as the intro, though. <laughs> no, can't compete. So we got a we got Batman entering the asylum, which is an amazing image. Now you say you have the absolute version of this. I can't imagine how awesome that looks in that. Oh, it's gorgeous. I mean, once you with the 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 page with the next page with the Joker's face in this format is just so striking. It's it still holds up better than most stuff today and. And there's a lot of good stuff out today. So just when did that come out? What the uh, Arkham Asylum? The absolute. Oh, the Absolute. absolute. Uh, less than a year ago, it came out. Two thousand nineteen. Yeah, last last year. What? Yeah. Fucking, how did I miss? Yeah, dude. Oh, hey, yeah, that kind of gives a little tease. There you go, Grumps or Gramps. What are you gonna do right now? Oh yeah. Oh, oh I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna buy it. Oh, we got a mm-hmm. we got a live, live. purchase. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Live. I'm. I'm Where are you going? going? In stock trades. <laughs> oh shit! Not affiliated. <laughs> Yet. Yet. It's only yeah, forty three fifty. Oh man, Gramps gonna spend some. Of, Gramps gonna drop some of those Trump bucks on that bad boy. Let me log into my account. <laughs> I love oh the lettering God. in this book. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. That's a good point that I forgot to make. Was I love how. Uh, the letterer, which I should give credit Gaspar to, Gaspar well. Saladino. Yeah, how he, the font he uses for when Joker talks is perfect. Salad Bardino. Yes, but you know it's funny. Uh, th- for as good as the, as good as the lettering does look in here, and how well it fits uh, the art style and the story, I have heard people say that they had such a hard time reading it that they had to go to the back pages of their copy and read the script. Oh, it's not that hard, man. <laughs> just fuck them. It's not fuck them. Well, get the absolute. The the print will be bigger, and uh, <laughs> that, that's just the truth, though. <laughs> Maybe they're right, actually. Because I'm not I, affiliated with Bad Force Radio anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that the Joker's face right here is just. Uh, yeah, I think man, he used is... a mask or sculpt sculpture to paint different angles the way that looks but that's just so iconic and if that's, you notice uh, um, that's phone wallpaper worthy and if you notice like his hair goes into the next panel where it's tree branches behind batman see interesting oh nice yeah about this artist in any sense like is this guy um what is, is this guy known for anything i know you were talking about like his comic book stuff but is he known for anything outside of comics no he's down low man he's like a magic Mazzucchelli, like, you know, one, a, a couple and done, you know, he's he's kind of under the mm. radar. I mean, he did make a big name for himself with the Sandman covers as well, um, but he's, he seems like a guy who only accepts specific projects, and it sounded like Grant had a lot of convincing to do to get him to do this book. Really? But well, wow. they, they actually, uh, he, he had actually gone to, uh, I, I want to say it was a couple years before this book came out, he had gone to New York to uh, 
meet with uh, DC and Marvel and I think also uh, Neil Adams uh, continuity comics Wow! and like shopping his work around. And that was where he met Neil Gaiman. Mm. Uh, they had done something else before this. Uh, and then uh, the, I think this was like the second or third thing they worked on together. Mm. So Batman enters the asylum and he sees Pearl. So Joker was bluffing about killing her with the pencil. So before he... Before he enters, as he's walking, you know, he, he we see the background image where he's like looking at his fingers with like a white powder. And as he's entering, you know, asylum, all this white powder is going around him. And uh, it, I, I don't know, it leads into the story, but it, it's pretty fascinating. Mm. You know, there's another reference that Grant Morrison is using with, you know, the occult and all the little superstitions and magic and all the stuff he's into mm. well he as in that page in that panel where he's looking at his finger he he does state that it's salt and and that that comes up later oh, uh, yeah, yeah like that. you said yeah. i like uh and he smacks him in the ass and says loosen up tight <laughs> ass to batman batman, <laughs> batman is like take your filthy hands off me <laughs> so a little backstory this book was one of the first Batman stories I read and I was a 13 year old kid reading this going what the hell am I reading it's almost like I knew I wasn't old enough to understand everything that was going on in this book but when I saw that panel I was just like holy shit I've got something that I'm not supposed to be reading these are the days (laughs) this is when Gramps was mowing lawns to uh Get buy those books, remember? And then a scientist decides to put him in a virtual reality simulator, and Grants became the lawnmower man. You know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> young, young Gram, young Gramps was reading this, and oh, my parents would not want me to be reading a book where Batman gets slapped on the ass. This is like when you get your first little titty magazine, and you're like, that's when they used to call them titty magazines. Yeah. That's, that's when yeah. we used to have magazines. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, those are the days yeah. before the internet. Mm-hmm. I had to be very careful. You didn't rip the pages when they stick together. I remember one time <laughs> as a kid, we took a family vacation to California, out there where those heathens live, and <laughs> and they talked. They made fun of how the way I talked, but we were visiting some family, and uh, I found a stash of titty magazines back in the back bedroom that my cousin, she was older, her husband had. And, you know, I I opened them up and I was just sitting there looking at them. Well, my cousin walked in and busted me and she was just like, hmm, okay, you found them. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Walked in. That's kind of the same feeling when I I saw this panel. I was like, whoa. She walked in and caught you sitting there with half a pack of Rolaids in your pocket. (laughs) Maximum That's when guilt. I knew I wanted to live in California because they didn't care if you looked at little titty magazines. Ma- maximum <laughs> curiosity, I see. Mr. <laughs> I I also want to jump in also like that one scene where Batman's actually walking into Arkham Asylum. It's kind of like a mirror image to the panel before when Amadeus is walking in for the first time. Amadeus. When he starts to enter the madness. So, yeah. you know, they've kind of repeated this panel again in the perspective of Bruce right before he's about to enter, you know, what's waiting for him at Arkham. So yeah. I really, well, and I really like, enjoyed, like when Arkham, 
when Amadeus walks in, the tree is full of life and it's green. But then when Batman enters, it's it's dead and withered and. Yeah, it's. I like the little flash forward going on. Uh, it's like condemned, and even, almost even on the same side of the page. Yeah, it's like haunted right. and condemned and dark and. It's kind of like a family. It's kind of like a family curse, you know. Like he's reliving it. Or not. Not that Amadeus had that in the beginning, but you know, it's the mm. same parallel. Yeah. Well, why don't you just give it all away then? <laughs> so he, we we enter one of the main rooms where there's just a ton of inmates kind of going crazy. It almost looks like a, um, like like a like a food hall, mess hall, or a, a place where people congregate for meetings or whatever. And just a lot of people. There's a lot of symbolism, as we could see. Tons Where of is, um, oh God, this is so fucking, such a specific question. Where is that artist from? Uh, England. England. English. Yeah. Interesting. Because mm. um, this, like, um, specific image, you guys are going to hate me for bringing this up. Um, uh, there's, like, uh, like French New Orleans architecture, like, like Creole architecture, like in the South, where... They have these big like southern mansions and you like have these uh, like walkways that look out onto like a dining hall. This reminds me of like looking out into a dining hall on top of a balcony in one of those like Creole mansions, uh, which, by the way, is also like the image that you get when you're in the haunted mansion in, in Disneyland and you're going up and you look mm-hmm. down. Mm. Exactly. That's what it reminded me of. Just like looking down and watching this fucking crazy ass like party, you know, all these people hanging off chandeliers and shit. I love that. That sky, that blue that he uses in the moon outside that window. I don't know. Something about that catches my eye. You know, we have a couple of um, employees there. I don't know if the counselors or what. And um, they're pretty much uh, talking about... Uh, one One was talking about the therapy that they offered Harvey in terms of the game of chance and how they gave him... What was it? A, a six-sided a- die or something? Or a, Yeah. Yeah. So when they, came, yeah. they expanded his choice options because you know with the coin he only has two choices so part of the therapy was expanding his choices and then trying to d- develop you know him having free will mm. and he couldn't make a decision so he just shits himself because it takes too long for him to decide to need the bathroom or whatever because yeah. they had graduated him up first to a to a die and then when he was doing well with that, they got him up to a deck of cards. So now he has to go through a deck of cards to decide <laughs> if he goes to the bathroom or not. Mm. Which, which that comes up later on as well, the deck of yeah. cards. So, wow. I love how every page, you, I mean, you. this is a book that you really have to study every page because every page has little details that add to the story. But if you don't, you'll miss something. And that, you know, even the deck of cards, the the card that, you know, Harvey, he, he picks up, it, it's the lovers. Mm. Uh, so even that relates into the story. Yeah. And uh... Agreed. Every little piece is just a very just exquisite piece of art, you know, like, yeah. it looks like just reminds me of like Salvador Dali and just it just takes you to this real trippy environment and the like you know like I said the colors <laughs> and all the mixed media just there's no rules to this book you know and I think that's what really separates this mm. quick uh, quick Salvador Dali story um, 
when uh, Lorraine Bracco, the uh, Karen from Goodfellas, was like in her early 20s and just starting to get into acting. Chantics. Yeah, she met Salvador <laughs> Dali, and Dali was already super fucking famous at this point, but I guess she was like really hot in her 20s, so he kept trying to get her to agree to him painting her nude, and she like kept saying no, but he like kept trying to do it, and she just like wouldn't let him do it, and so finally he just like gave up. But she talks about how she's so proud of herself that like she never let Salvador Dali like paint her nude. Mm. What a I would have let him paint me nude. What the fuck? <laughs> Melting clocks and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not like he'd paint her anatomically correct. He'd make right. like one eye way up here and one boob way down here. He'd probably and make her boobs 50 foot long legs. <laughs> he probably draws women the way I used to draw women when I was like five. I mean, everyone like, thinks he he's great. No, no, I mean, I guess he's good, but I've seen 12, uh, you know, two year olds do better. He probably draw I guess her like. Good. Uh, <laughs> The Dolly's distortion would be more accurate than Rob Liefeld's good anatomy, actually. Oh, <laughs> I, guess, I guess he, I guess he's good. That's fucking great. Uh, uh, fuck him. I, I actually have a completely unrelated, but to Dolly, I have a, a Salvador Dolly clock. Uh, so it's a, it's a melting clock, like from Persistence of Time. Sick. So it's actually meant to hang over like the edge of a mantle or a oh, shelf or something. That's dope. It dangles right over, and the the hands have to move like around that that bend what yeah what the fuck man i mean <laughs> that's some scary shit man, yeah, I that, man. <laughs> better not dip that in water <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah bats is talking to the one of the workers and he's talking about how the the, um, the treatment they gave harvey dent to make a simple decision like going to the bathroom without consulting the card seems to have effectively destroyed his personality <laughs> Which is kind of true as well, so you know, Bet's uh, picking the brain back with these uh, these therapists and psychiatrists or whatever they are. And it's like these psychiatrists—they start playing a game with him and like analyzing him while he's in there too. And he's like, "Ah, oh, you guys are fucking with me." And she brings up the folklore of um, Arkham Asylum and uh, the ghosts and the secret doors and all that. And uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, like he's just. Grant doesn't waste any time in, in exploring or extending the backgrounds of these characters and this place and, and the history, like really taking a deep dive into their psyche. I think, you know, prior to this book and like in the 80s, and I don't think you know, nobody was really doing that. I think uh, Grant had this vision and then it just, you know, stuck this more dark, more psychological tone in the Batman mythos. So I think this, this book is, I think is, you know, even though we're, going through it now i think um i think this book is really ahead of its time to be honest with you so um and uh this, this would definitely be their dc black label of their time you know mm. yeah the original black label <laughs> yeah one of uh one of the people responsible for this was karen berger who was uh yeah you know, big at uh, at vertigo yeah she was like a rock star <laughs> Yeah. What a name, Karen Berger. How can you not be? <laughs> uh, oh, she she pulls out some. What do they call Rorschachs? What do you call those? Uh, R- Rorschach. Yeah. 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 I see. Anyone that. pick up that? Anyone pick up that Joker calls her Doctor Ruth? Her real name's Ruth. Mm. Isn't Doctor Ruth like a sex, sex doctor? A sex therapist? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, we've that. So he's being just super inappropriate because he. Did he already make the, the comment about, or is it here? 
I think it's later. He makes a comment about Robin and like short shorts and skinny legs. Huh. And, and then he started shaving it. Yeah, he asked that, and then he um he he making a sexual comment to her, and then he fucking grabs Batman's ass on the way in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is a very saucy Joker. Move that ass. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he just toy with him, kind of need- moving uh, forward. I think we then. We- Two pages forward, we cut back to another flashback of Amadeus Arkham. Um, starting to be more delusional. Is this uh... not to not to go back too much? But um, I gotta highlight that specific panel where he's showing Batman the uh, the uh, Rorschach tests and uh, his hand going over the card. You see the super detail of his fingertips and his mm. fingernails. So great, yeah. And like, yeah, it's fucking gross. Like, it's a great Joker. S- this is a great Joker. Yeah, yeah, we need yeah. a figure, a statue. Know, of this, shit. this is great. This is fantastic. Like this is, I'm telling you, this book's ahead of its time, man. This is still, oh, this, yeah. This is still top-notch joke, and this is it's, it's so surreal that it, it's actually tricky to cover and go through. You have to like hone in on what's going on because uh, and read again because it's just so. Yeah, strange. you definitely have to read this a few times. Mm. And I, I think this, uh, this art style and the way the subject matter is handled. Uh, ties into what we were talking about at the beginning, how it doesn't get uh, that recognition uh, amongst typical comic readers. But, you know, when you do go into things like, uh, you know, editorial pieces that are, you know, examining like the top 25 Batman uh, stories of all time, it's always like a top five. But, you know, if you ask the average person in a comic shop for their top five, not many of them are listing this in there. Well, this is hopefully we'll shed some light on this great book. And uh, we'll, we cut forward to uh, Amadeus' story, and he's going on about Michael the Archangel and uh, the the great dragon, the serpent dragon. That becomes a theme uh, later in the story, too. Mm. He said his wife starts to get plagued by nightmares as well, and he blames it on uh, Lewis Carroll. <laughs> You know, author of the beneath through it through the looking glass shoot. And he finds a Joker card on the ground. Mm. Well, I think, or are we just cutting over to current day, or is that it's safe? No, that is yeah. No, it's on he, there, and he, he says he finds it of, there, and he thinks yeah, uh, one of the workers must have dropped it. That's insane, right? That's like such what? a, or it could even tie into, oh, maybe you know, the Joker has been around forever. <laughs> Mother Pearl. She's given him a. Uh, a word, a word and he responds. Yeah, the word association. Right. Yeah. Mother Pearl. Handle. Revolver. Gun. Father. Father. Death. End. Stop. Stop. So, yeah. He's delving. What did, you, what did you guys think of uh, his, like, memory of that moment where it shows his, I can't tell if it's his mom or dad, kind of being, like, cruel to him. Mm. Like, being kind of like, you're such a baby. It's just a movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that's his uh, like actual interpretation of what happened, or do you think that nah, like, like he just tale. he's twisted the nightmare in his head yeah. to make it like the worst case scenario of how of his last memory of them? Mm. It's a fuck yeah, that, that's how memory. I kind of took it. Yeah. I think it's definitely warped for sure. It is warped, and and once again, like we've talked about before, they've always they always go back to the origin. Mm. They always sneak it in somewhere. Yeah, and uh, it, and it, his final memory with them uh, capped off with them saying, "If if you don't act like an adult, we're gonna leave you here, mm. leave you here, leave you, leave you, 
and then they leave him because they're dead. Mm. Did do we pass the page where um, Amadeus is consulting um, doctors in Europe about what he was doing? I think we got a little ahead, but um, yeah, go back to that because that that was a topic that I was a to nice, talk on too. That was a nice. I don't know if the sunrise or a sunset that he did as well. That uh, I forgot what artist did sunsets like that. That. Well, he he even says I'm introduced to the most the so-called wickedest man on earth, Alistair Crowley, who was a very uh, noted occultist and mm. you know Satanist yeah. and yeah and you know Alistair Crowley is the devil. <laughs> Bobby Boucher, you put that book down, <laughs> Bobby Boucher. You know, Mr. Crowley, the song by Black Sabbath. Jimmy Page was Fuck, obsessed yeah. with. All that shit. Mr. Very... Crowley. <laughs> I was waiting on it. There you go. <laughs> so sick. Such a sick ass. Such a sick ass fucking song. We we also missed the one panel after the uh, flashback to the movie where Bruce puts the shot of glass through his hand. Oh, fuck. That's, that's oh, we haven't even boy. got into that. Chase yeah, well, where where are we? <laughs> you got, mm. this, we're we're lost in the asylum. We guys. really are lost in the asylum. Yeah. This book is uh, I I was I had left off on the page after where you were talking about the sunrise. So that, uh, we're oh, just coming fuck, to the I'm way behind. I was. <laughs> yeah, we're way behind, Robin. Mm. Yeah. I'm we, at the we, one of those, we need one of those dings to turn the page. Right. Ding, ding. Oh, I'm uh Maybe. I'm where the Joker I'm has the gun now. Okay, wait. So who's at the who's at the knife through the hand? Uh, that is me. It's it's right after the movie scene. Damn, how far the, how ahead did Man, you guys jump? You guys did that, like a whole time jump. Yeah, you guys. No, really I flipped. Jumped. I flipped to get there. There is a there is a moment where um, there's two moments. So there's the there's two <clears> moments <throat> of the origin, and I think I think we skipped everything in between the two. So there's a first flashback of the origin. With the word association directly after that, he's talking about Carl Young, Carl Young, Alistair Crowley. Then there's the clownfish. So who's at the clownfish? Right, that's where we're at. Okay, he, all right. Teases, Jesus fucking Christ! You're like Jesus, six pages Jesus. ahead. He's, he's on. Uh, now the the version that I'm looking at jumps right into that scene after after the movie theater, like two pages after. What? So maybe fuck? you yeah, got a different look, version. I'm yeah. looking at the 25th. I'm looking at the 25th anniversary. Whoa! Yeah, so right after the where it says Zorro, Bruce punches through that glass and then he does it. No, we interesting. Surely they didn't edit it after after he does Shirley. the word association. Hmm. Anyways, yeah. That's interesting. okay. Well, right, uh, teases. I'm gonna have to ask you to stop. I'm going to have to ask you to stop ripping out pages of your comics and defacing them, please. <laughs> I don't know what your problem is, but this is art, sir. Anyway, back to the story. Joker, pretty much, uh, you know. Hair flip, anyways. Yeah, he, he pretty much, you know, says, you're here. Uh, I'm going to start killing these employees if you don't play this game of hide and seek with yeah. me. You know? Yeah, he has the gun to the cop's head. So brutal. And, and that, Batman yeah. does, Batman's not going to play. But then he, you know, kills the security guard. Yeah, brutal. Mm. Now this, in, in my copy, this is where, after the page after that, we're now getting to the uh, outside shot of the movie theater. Yeah. Wow. 
Damn, you got twenty fifth anniversary is fucking shit up over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, man. That those that that two those two pages though of Joker, I don't know if it's the green of his hair, but man, this this these two pages are so sick. Mm-hmm. Of that back and forth and leading up until and then even the pages of the of the flashback too. Man, who has this art? Who has this original art? That's what I was starting to think. I, I like how the lettering becomes even more part of the story, mm. you know, as Joker speaks, because, you know, certain letters are capitalized. Like, he's, he's like, get it now, Batman. You know, he, he emphasizes certain letters to emphasize how Joker's talking. Mm. Same, man. Head of its time, man. I like the point when he's like, he stabs himself in the hand. And then I zoom in on his teeth and he always looks, almost looks like the Joker. And then he's like, then it just says mommy with a question mark. Like, it's just. Okay, and that's. Shit going on. That page where he's stabbing himself through the hand. I've always been interested in why he did that. I mean, there's part. Or if. Saying that I, it's just kind of a reaction to the memory he's going through and. Is he's subconsciously just kind of doing it to, you know, drown out the the mental anguish and fear? But then I started looking at it going, is he doing that? Uh, you know that scene where he's stabbing himself through the hand. I've always wondered why he's doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, is he doing it just out of anguish? He's in the moment of, you know, reliving that moment, or is he doing it, you know, because he's in Arkham Asylum and. He, he knows he's playing this game, and he needs to leave a trail to follow to find his way back some sometime. Yeah, that, that's a good idea, too. I was never even sure if he was actually doing it or if it was a hallucination. Or the knife or the glass or the hand? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah, remember, remember um, at this point, there's, there's you know, the mumbo-jumbo about what the doctor said, the, uh, the powerful um, psychological haunting forces that are in the walls so yeah like is he really experiencing it or is he having like some fucked up hallucination because of like what's haunting the house is the house haunting him i mean yeah batman takes a beating in this book mm. dude oh, he does yeah it, next next page um they show a picture of that panel is arkham right it says mother oh god mother blood blood is that supposed to be arkham hmm there's like a there's like a flash. There's a panel where it's mother. Oh God, mother. Is it Bruce or is it like Arkham flashing over his face? I think it's uh, actually Jim Carrey as Fire Marshal Bill. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, but Let me show to you me, <laughs> I swear to God, that looks like what's his name, the dude that uh, Zac Efron just played in the movie, the handsome guy oh. that killed all the girls. Ted Bundy. That's fucking Ted Bundy right there to me. Yeah, yeah, I see that definitely. He he looks like the guy from Psycho too. Yeah. Oh, oh fuck, you're right. Yeah, Probably more shit. that than Ted Bundy. Yeah. Um, which Will is you... way more fitting, to be honest. Yeah. Um, what's his name from Psycho? Norman uh, Bates. Norman Bates. Bates. There, yeah. Oh, dude, you fucking solved it, mother. Oh God, mother. That is fucking Norman Bates from Psycho. He says, "Mother, oh God, mother, blood, oh shit, blood." He says that in Psycho. Holy fuck, Jesus. God so that it. guy's watching that show. Okay, got it. Makes sense. I, I just wanted to jump in also. Like, when Bruce puts the shard of glass through his hand, that's kind of, to me, I thought that was kind of like a nod to what Hawkins was saying 
where Hawkins likes to cut himself to kind of like connect yeah. himself with his pain. So this is kind of like a quick montage of Bruce connecting himself with the pain of him seeing that flashback with his parents. So whether it happened or not, it's right. going on in his head. And by him kind of piercing himself in the hand, he's kind of like trying to relive that moment and kind of just have it done with, you know? And okay, stop showing blood, off. His blood right. turns into purples. <laughs> <laughs> these, these new guys, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, that's very cool. It's fucking crazy, dude. But I I think that's what that's the beauty of this this story. There's so many layers to it that literally any interpretation makes sense, but then it doesn't make sense, you know, because that's how he's writing. That's how he's writing this book. Mm. It's like you're peeling back the layers of uh, of like uh, just one by one, the layers you're peeling away. You're peeling back the layers of the um, um. One by one, the layers you're peeling them back to expose the inside. And then uh, I like how called? Harvey's oh corn on the cop, corn on the cop, <laughs> Like how Harvey's looking up at the moon and says it's a a big silver dollar flipped by God and it landed scarred <laughs> side up. That's fucking great. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, it's a twisted way to look at the world. Mm. Yeah, it landed Jeez. scarred side up, so he created the world. <laughs> and the guy passed him by. It's like you're all insane. <laughs> <laughs> Joker were bored, and then uh, jo- oh, it's because bats already started to go through the gauntlet. So Joker's saying, "All right, let's pretend it's an hour already and go." So we cut. Back. I love that. He's like, "Let's just pretend it's been an hour." Oh, let's- is this when Amadeus comes home and he discovers that his wife's head's been cut off, and yeah. his daughter's killed too? So um, Hawkins killed his wife and daughter, and then you hear the cuckoo clock going off. Cuckoo. And that's uh, it's so twisted when uh, he says that like he, he almost he sees his daughter's body. Uh, she, she lies nearby, indescribably violated, almost idly. I wonder where her head is. And I look at the dollhouse, yeah. and the dollhouse looks at me. And you see her head in the dollhouse. I mean, this shit is crazy, man. This is like this dark shit. <clears throat> they were pushing the and well think about yeah. this Dark Knight Returns 89 you said and kill yeah it was the perfect storm Dark Knight no Returns no wonder I'm so fucked up after reading these stories <laughs> at a young age man yeah, a, a combination of that and the nudie mags Jesus <laughs> if you look at, at the same it, time Black Label has, still hasn't done anything that like touches no. this it's like this um, is just insane. well Batman's cock but anyways um, if you go back <laughs> If you go back a couple pages to when he first uh, sees his wife, uh, um, you see how the water is, or his the water, her hair is cascading down, and he's like stepping through the doorway, and the doorway is almost like a rainbow color. Mm-hmm. And if you see the way her hair trickles down, it's music notes. Mm. Yes, it's like the treble and bass clef. Fucking Ooh. sick. Mm. Damn, dude. Yeah, lots of realism. You Ramps, know what cramps. I. Grumps, you know. grumps, be like, oh, it's like a three point five. <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered, did Mad Dog really kill them? <gasps> I was thinking it, you said them? it. I was thinking it. You said it, and that plays out later. Mm-hmm. But I've always wondered that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, then he starts losing his mind even more. And we cut back to when Bats is in the hallway in this... Let's go back to this point where... Tunnel. This is like the creepiest part of the book. 
Okay, I, yeah. I didn't realize it. I mean, I always forget what the main plot points in this story until I reread it like every couple of years. Mm. That's Clayface. Yeah. 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 No, let's Trying go back to, to where he finds the the mother and daughter because he gets in his mom's wedding dress and he starts mourning, which takes us back to the psycho reference. There but then go. he talks about, you know, vomiting. He's later I find myself sobbing, choking, and vomiting. And if you read the script, Morrison talks about how in certain cultures, people will eat their family after they die to keep a part of themselves, you know, always with them. And that's why he was throwing up and they didn't fuck. They didn't say it directly in the book because they couldn't, but that was referenced in the script. Hmm. Yeah. Well, he says that they're in pieces, right? Or his daughter's in pieces. Yeah. Or his wife's in pieces. So you pick up one of them little nuggets, the little juicy little nuggets, and you just kind of sling them. <laughs> Slap them down your throat. And I don't know, maybe, I don't know if that links, uh, if what you were talking about from the script links to anything, but uh, this one page here, after we see him sitting uh, in front of the window, <clears throat> the next page, if you look down at the bottom, it says yeah, what after. I think says after <clears throat> Fritz Skolder, uh, who was uh, a Native American artist uh, that was born in like the 30s. Mm. Oh, nice. Damn. I wonder what that piece significance is. Anybody has the idea? Please email us about first reading. Yeah, that clay face scene is. Uh... I, I have a quick question just throughout there. Like, why do you guys think he quickly reverted to putting on his mother's dress? Like, uh, because it's it's part of what's. It's, well, because it also, um, I don't want to give too much away. It's fuck, we're fucking. Oh, that's, that's true. That's true. That's He's true. also talking about is it, is it him or the or Batman? Eventually, talks about the dragon. There's a significance of becoming the dragon, mm. or right. the slaying the dragon, right? Yeah, he. Right. Uh, he did mention that. Almost as if that, he's yeah. becoming. Yeah, he's becoming like, he's almost didn't, transforming. Didn't Arkham, you see you know? Silence of the Lambs? I did. Yeah, bro. <laughs> no, but no, I, I, I mean, don't know. Dragon. Well, that's the one before. It's where he feels safe, but also he is, you know, in that transformation process, like what they're talking about. Mm. Right, because, like, he also, you know, he, he puts on this white dress, and then there's that early reference to, like, the clownfish changing mm -hmm. sexes and, like, roles mm -hmm. and responsibilities. So I feel like that kind of foreshadows what he's doing now, you know, like, putting on his mother's it's it's taking him to a safe place but obviously he's drenched in blood at the same time so i was just kind of curious what you guys thought about that because i was just a little unclear of why he thought that was the best option just to wear his mom's dress you know it it, it is a good question uh, do you have the the version that has the script yes oh my god just have you read that I did not. Oh my god! I, I, I will. It, it, you know, because I only read this about once every thirty-four years. Um, you know, <laughs> reading, you know, picking up this deluxe edition that I have with the script. I mean, it really explains a lot that I didn't fully understand the first time I read this. You know, years ago, and 
it, it just shows you how Morrison wrote this story on a whole different level than than other people. Oh, on a psychedelic trip. Fuck yeah. Likely. I mean, that just proves why after 31 years, it just it still holds up, you know? Oh, yeah. there, there is a part in this, I don't think we got to it yet, but there's a, a part in the book where uh, we're getting Amadeus's... <laughs> <laughs> That's like that rookie shit where you take one, you don't feel nothing. You take another, you still don't feel anything. You take it again. Mm. Or, or you just on uh, Joey Diaz level. Oh, it's fucking Friday, dog. Just take a, just swallow, take a ride. <laughs> Cocksucker. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the creepiest clay face I've ever seen. Dude, that's like yeah. Kate, clay face on keto. <laughs> he's, he's saying uh, his skin is sick, it's rotting and seeping, and he's trying to touch him. He's trying to touch Batman to share yeah. his sickness. Get the fuck off me, Clayface, you little fucking cherub grub weirdo. This is the first appearance of Clayface ass. <laughs> Clay ass. Batman yes. like, kicks his leg off and shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then we get uh, Dr. Destiny rolling up in his wheelchair. <laughs> treats him very inappropriately. Just kicks him down the just, stairs. Yeah, just kicks him down Dude, the stairs. I, I laughed at that scene. That was hilarious. Uh, Dr. Destiny has a, a cool link to uh, the fact that Dave McKean does the art in this because he did the art for all of the Sandman issues. And Dr. Destiny does have ties to the Sandman universe. One of his abilities is to manipulate dreams and like he can manipulate other people's dreams. And I think he can also materialize things from dreams. And those abilities come from uh, an artifact that he has that uh, was passed down from his mother uh, called the Materiopticon. And that was something that she stole from this guy whose mistress she used to be. He had stolen it from Dream of the Endless. Yeah. So Morpheus from Sandman. I like how you just see the scarecrow in the dark just dragging his pitchfork. Can you can you hear that when you're looking at those panels? Yeah, it was on chalkboard. Yeah, no. just oh, you, so, that's doesn't so even many, say a word. I love it. There's been like two different horror movies that have stolen that image. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I forgot which ones, but so he he really doesn't mess with Scarecrow much. Is he hiding from him? Do you think Scarecrow sees him and just wants to not fuck with Batman, or what? What what do you think's going on? There? Yeah, that's kind of like it looks like he's like he he comes across a part of the asylum where he just sees Scarecrow just like creaking across the floor, and he looks over behind his shoulder, and Scarecrow keeps moving, so he just kind of keeps moving. It's scary as fuck, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger is walking by, and like you look at him, he looks at you, and you realize like he's not really interested in you, so you kind of just let him go. Like, all right, not tonight. <laughs> he's like, I, I don't have time for this shit. I gotta. <laughs> yeah. Although like, <laughs> well, we see and the then Mad we, Hatter, but uh, yeah, I feel like the, this might be a hallucination. Well, because Mad this, Hatter's puffing on that magic dragon, bro. And, and this is and the see, uh, the most disturbing. Yeah. Uh, version of the Mad Hatter because he makes you know some references that pretty clearly uh, make uh, you know, make it pretty clear that uh, you know, a, what his intentions with children yeah. are yeah. that he's a pedophile. The, uh, 
I think teases your 25th anniversary version has actually uh, Jared from Subway in his panels. <laughs> oh, oh shit! shit. <laughs> Holding on to his five dollar foot long. <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! That's why I love the children. Yeah, it's pretty disturbing. Yeah, but, and uh, uh, it's interesting. Um, Hatter r- makes a reference. Uh, he says that Arkham is a looking glass. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's a. Uh, Sort of, there was there was a book that came out in 2012, uh, a Batman, Sam Keith, uh, Matt Hatter, yeah, the Bruce yeah. Jones and Sam Keith uh, through the Looking Glass story. Yeah, yeah very interesting. And, and that's uh, that's actually a story of their first meeting. Sorry, Gramps, go ahead. He basically says that Batman helped create everyone that's in the asylum. Yeah. On you know? oh, another little reference to later. Yeah. Oh shit! God then, damn this book, man. Then we go flashback to when uh, Amadeus is treating Martin Hawkins, just so he could uh, strap him to an, an electroshock couch, and uh, as he puts it, burn the filthy bastard. <laughs> so that was really yep. he pretty much fried him. And uh, that that's another part where these accounts from Amadeus uh, really tie to. The story that the background story that you get in the Arkham Asylum game, uh, if you find enough of those uh, Chronicles of Arkham uh, things and you know listen to those recordings, you get far enough in the story where you hear him telling the story of you know, where he eventually started uh, killing the the inmates and decided that that was his job. You know the 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 filth would be brought to the asylum and and he was going to take care of them. Mm. Hey, no spoilers. I'm only on 43% on that game. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were uh, I thought you were on uh, 43% of Arkham City now. Uh, oh. No, I, I got up to like 72. Ah. Oh, oh so you didn't so you you <laughs> jumped to city before you finished uh, asylum. Pretty much. Um, gotcha. The, cool. Panta like PlayStation product. And that that's one thing uh, you'll only get the full story of Amadeus in that in that game. It you don't automatically get the whole story just by finishing the game. You have to actually hunt down all of those oh, uh, chronicles. It's uh it's like uh, collecting Riddler trophies. You know you just have to. It's a separate thing. Oh, God. <laughs> and uh, Amadeus then goes to a secret room where he tapes over the mirror so the laughter seizes i thought that was uh really intense like if he sees himself then he just hears laughter in his head and he's starting to feel like the um the house is becoming alive or like an organism that is hungry for madness and whatnot so this guy is just like breaking down and after all he's been through thing this is Maxi Zeus Maxi yes. Zeus what what is that on the on the left side of that page what like does that microchip? say right there? Oh, what does it say? No, what is oh, that? Yeah. It says it looks like mm. ten eaten or something like I don't that. Know, it's the Omega you, symbol. You, yeah, you would have to it almost says uh, translate oh, the uh, the Greek yeah. uh, alphabet. Mm. Those, yeah, you know, his looks like Keaton, his whole Greek. But th- I, this know, is the coolest uh, take on Maxi Zeus. You know, when I first looked at he's it, he's such a I, such a lame character. Yeah, yeah he's a joke like, most of the time. I thought it was like 
he had Mr. Freeze vibes going on in this. Mm-hmm. Movie. That's what I thought at first, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Robin, it's funny you mentioned that about the Greek alphabet. I'd love to, but I'm really not interested about learning anything about any other cultures or anything like that. So I think I'm just gonna. <laughs> and and your uh, fraternity time is long over. <laughs> yeah. So Maxi Zeus is strapped into like the the electric yeah. therapy. Yeah. Part man, part woman. Electricity inflames my brain. Voltage current. Yeah, he's. And I almost feel like they're trying to portray him as some. God. Yeah, some god or symbol or religious symbol or whatever it may be. But uh. Doctor Manhattan. I definitely likes <laughs> like the uh, the blue he uses in this. It doesn't. I like when he says the ACDC altar awaits. That's right. Hell's <laughs> mm. <That's>, uh... bells. <laughs> Are we in flashback mode again? Where are we? Let's go I can give you power. Yeah, this is where we get to uh, Amadeus is uh, taking his mushroom trip. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I think Morrison definitely wanted to hit that one up. But... And do you see that bat up in the, you know, the, the skeleton bat that's up in the top of that oh. page? Yeah. That's the same one that's kind of at the beginning of the book. Yeah, that... it's, uh, it's the cover art for some of the... Uh printings of this book too how do you mm. pronounce it a carnotaurus mm. whatever i looked that up that's uh <laughs> that was a very um ancient it's now extinct but very uh large species of bat early primitive bat that was pretty big back in the day it took my dumb ass way too long to find that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a foreshadow to th- things. That oh, I just got the clownfish thing. I'm so fucking dumb. <laughs> how he makes, how he talks about the clownfish changing sex and adjusting, like transforming and changing sex. Mm. Yeah, I'm so fucking stupid. And then this, <laughs> this, uh, this confrontation yeah. with Killer Croc is so badass. Like, the dragon. The dragon. And uh, Crazy. yeah, and so many things tie in together here, where we have the. Uh, Arkham on mushrooms, uh, talking about uh, you know describing himself as going uh, going into the dark tower and facing the dragon within, and we're seeing that as Batman is encountering Croc and you know having mm. having his uh, time to face the dragon within, mm. and and, uh, and and also the uh, the statue of was it the Archangel yeah. Michael oh, yeah, stepping Michael, on the dragon, yeah. yeah. And then after he gets thrown out the window, he pulls the spear from the statue Mm. and uses that. Like, you know, it's like Michael fought the dragon. uh, That's, you know, that's when the devil was cast out of heaven and uh, cast down to earth. So we have Batman taking the spear from the statue of Michael, impaling Croc, and then he gets impaled himself by the handle of it and then casts him out through the window. Yeah, I love how I love how he throws him out of the window. And, and do you notice that the lightning's always behind him, like a certain famous uh, oh, iconic wow. cover? Little do. Uh, <laughs> play, play that Graham sample. Gotta give a little do. Daffy Duck comics? Give me <laughs> hey, Looney Tunes back on HBO Max, by the way. New Looney Tunes. EOGs? No, new series. Oh, I don't know about it. Have you watched it? Right? I, like I don't know. Stuff. I think, right? Tease it? I haven't subscribed to HBO Max yet. Oh, you f- the fuck? Snyder Cut, boy. I'm waiting for that Snyder Cut. Everybody's going to get it when Snyder Cut comes. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have, what, another 
year and a year half. Fast, you know, <laughs> everybody wants the Snyder Cut of HBO Max. <laughs> the the ADD is strong tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the ACDC is strong tonight. Believe. To bring it back to the fucking story, man. Yeah, some baskets um, thrown out of the oh, window. Oh, real quick, real quick. Something, something. So, I mean, you got to highlight the the significant detailed description of the psychedelic trip that Arkham is experiencing. Because obviously Morrison has gone on one of one of those before. But um, what was crazy is there's a video of one of the Beatles. I want to say that it's George Harrison uh, talking about what it's like to take acid and the way that Morrison describes this is exactly what that what the what George Harrison was describing when he was on acid feeling like he was starting to lose control like you it the the trip smacks you like out of nowhere and you're trying to grab a hold of something but there's nothing to grab a hold of and you realize that like you're flying through fucking space in the universe and it's so chaotic and scary that you feel every sensation and every nerve through your neck. And this is what he actually said. George Harrison said that it makes you want to take a razor blade and slit your throat so you can't feel those uh, neurons anymore or you can't feel the nerves anymore. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, I'm never going to do that. And, Can um, we do that for the next episode? <laughs> <laughs> but the way he describes a psychedelic trip is the scariest fucking thing. And then what's so beautiful is as he's talking about that, as he's talking about finally getting a grasp on your reality, that's when Bats grabs the fucking spear from uh, Michael. And that's when he like he finally gets tangible and he grabs himself back a hold into his reality and is able to use it. Just fucking... This shit has got... This is like... A fuck. You know what this is like, Gramps? It's like you order the two-piece plate at a barbecue. You accidentally get the six-item combo, and oh. you, it's, you're you're just constantly getting all these items that you didn't even expect, and it's delicious. Yeah, it's like kind of like when you ask for one side of banana pudding, but they mishear you and they give you two. <laughs> what the fuck is going on tonight? <laughs> <laughs> the rubrics just got us all messed up. We're all the in the asylum are, tonight, man. The, the inmates are running the asylum. That's for <laughs> sure. But yeah, I love when Croc throws his ass out of the window and then you just see Croc walking down this hallway or whatever against the window. And then Batch just drops in from the top. And they start going at it. And he, yeah, he's not playing. He's not like Bats trying to that, wound him. He gets that spear through him. And then at one point, Bat just looks like the devil. Because he has like blood in his mouth. And his, yeah, his mask looks like it's become one with his flesh tone. And it's just like the man. Comes in there with the, with the spear and hits him with the bonsai. <laughs> <laughs> and he's slaying. He's pretty much slaying the dragon. Well, he makes a mistake, though. Because the way he's holding that spear and the weight of Croc... It forces it back into Batman himself, so he really impels himself, too. Mm. Yep. Yeah, ouch. And then you see Croc fall back and go through the window again, actually. And, and in the script, as you read Morrison describe how to tell McKean how to draw this, he really specifically told him how to draw the figure of Croc falling, especially with his arms out, almost like... He's, I think he described it as like kind of like a crucifix appearance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh. And then uh, he, you can see it. Uh, Doctor Cavendish has taken somebody hostage. Um, is that Pearl? Maybe. Yeah. And then he was talking about how he's 
stumbled upon uh, Amadeus's journal, and he said uh, to read it. Even he's 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 marked a place for Batman to read, and then uh, all of a sudden things become a little more clear in terms of um, a bat, as if it was this uh, epiphany or prophecy that has something to do with a bat, and. Uh, Maybe maybe the shrooms were hitting pretty hard. I don't know how, how yeah. you guys take the 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 uh, this part of the end of that story, like you know, the, this guy believing that it was his destiny to take up where Amadeus left off. That is the same way that the Arkham story ends in in the Arkham Asylum game. Mm-hmm. With you know, I I won't reveal. Uh, I won't spoil it for Gramps, but uh, <laughs> the the person who you've been reading these messages, who you've been hearing these these recordings from, uh, each time you find one of these chronicles, uh, they finally reveal at the end that they had read the journals of Amadeus and believed that it was it was their responsibility to continue his work. Mm. There we go. <laughs> Is my ringtone on my phone every time I get a text? <laughs> Is that before the Joker comes on the loudspeaker? Yeah, every time he comes on. <laughs> and this dude dressed up in uh, the white wedding dress to do all these, you know, to confront Batman here at the very end, like you know, Amadeus dressed when he went nuts. Mm. And then he's talking about how was it Amadeus who scratched a binding spell into the floor of his cell? <laughs> With his fingernails, so scary, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's where the salt comes yeah. in too. Mm. Yeah, that's why uh, Batman had found that salt when he was arriving because uh, Cavendish was using the salt to trap the bat in the asylum. Mm. Yeah, it took Amadeus years to scratch all that that binding spell into the into Arkham. And are we already past the part, or is it still coming up where, yeah, I think it's still coming up where we find out what actually happened uh, to Amadeus's mother. She got eaten. <laughs> that other employee or doctor, whatever she is, slices the throat of Cavendish? Is it? Well, Cavendish yeah. kicks Batman's ass. That's yeah, what's yeah. crazy what about that? Well, yeah, I guess because he was, I guess yeah. he was weak. That's how I justify it. He was yeah. Yeah, he had glass through his hand, got thrown through a window, and then got impaled while he was taking yeah. out Croc. Plus, mm. he was huffing the fumes of whatever Mad Hatter was smoking. True. Yeah, there you go. True. It's high as fuck. What, like what are you fucking high? Yeah, that, that's going like to cost some points. Mommy's boy. He, he called Batman a mommy's boy. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. It's like, it's like, it's like insult to injury right there. Yeah, man. I know. What about uh, so so back to the mom real quick? She slices her own throat open, right? Wow. Uh, well, but what we find out about Amadeus was that he had blocked out the memory, but he had <gasps> actually you, right. cut his mom's throat to, to save her. Uh, he did it to yeah. save her. Yeah, so she wouldn't uh, and, uh, be suffering anymore. And so, dude. So, oh god, what was it? It's from that. I don't know how 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 true it is for like or where the, if they made this shit up. But um, do you ever watch the remake of the Amityville Horror? There is a scene where they're explaining like where the uh, spirit that haunts the house comes from is from this fucked up reverend who slit his own throat in uh, the basement of the house so that his spirit will live on forever. Because I guess that's how you fucking let your you by slicing your own throat open and 
spilling the blood everywhere. That's so how it's I do. like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so slicing her or him slicing his mother's throat, fucking splatters the blood everywhere and just fucking like leaves that aggro mom killing aggression in there. Mm. So that so that they're about to leave the asylum and uh Batman takes the coin that they were using for Two Face, Two Face's original coin. And somehow he finds an a fucking battle axe <laughs> and he starts chomping away at these was that circuitry in the asylum or wires? And at one point, yeah, Bats just looks totally fucking gladiator with that axe. <laughs> and uh, he breaks through, I guess, where the Joker is. He gives Harvey the coin and says, you're all free. I like how Joker's in high heels there. Oh, shit. Yeah, he, he was uh, in the uh, beginning because uh, after... Oh, shit. After Harvey makes the mess on the floor, uh, Joker asks him if he's trying to ruin his heels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? Um, but yeah, Batman goes back in because, you know, this whole message about this was Batman really is at home in the asylum. Should mm-hmm. he be in there with the other inmates, too? So he goes back in there and, yeah. you know, lets Harvey... Uh, you know, test destiny about whether he should live or die. Mm. So Joker mm. agrees to go along with it, but it's interesting because Harvey flips the coin and says, if it lands on the scarred side, he dies. If it lands on on the, the good side, we let him leave. And he flips the coin and says that, you know, he gets to leave. But then uh, after he does walk out, we cut back to Harvey standing there looking down at the coin and it's actually the scarred side up. Mm. So he had just oh. decided to go against the coin and, and let ba- let Batman live. Do you think it's because Batman did him a favor by giving him his coin back that it like it gives him his his identity back? Maybe. Yeah. And, and the last part is um, he's uh, he's looking at the deck of cards, the pack of cards, and says, "You're nothing but a pack of cards." And then. He says, who cares for you? And just knocks him over. Holy fuck, dude. Do you guys get the significance of the last panel? The last of the panel. of the cards? The the last image, the very it's last card. Osiris and hmm. uh, whatever the bat <clears throat> thing is. It's uh, so in Egyptian culture, um, there is the and this is also like, OK, so in Egyptian culture, it's believed that when you die, um, the Osiris or whatever points up to the sky to a specific constellation that when you die your soul takes that journey up until that up into the constellation and it travels along the Milky Way to a specific set of stars and that's where the gods will judge you in the afterlife for the life that you've lived and um, that is also like people who have taken like psychedelic trips have said that that is what they experience when they go on a psychedelic trip so it's fucking crazy that Morrison is throwing that in there at the very end of all this of this trip that Batman just took through the um, insane asylum. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you really have to pay attention to the artwork in this book because it Fuck. is there for a purpose. It's not just there to look <sighs> pretty. Wow. It, it tells a story inside itself more than just what the script says. 
It's definitely, like, a puzzle, definitely a puzzle piece, you know? Oh, so. yeah. yeah. I'm only thinking of, like, what did what have we completely still missed? Oh, tons. <laughs> I, I also like at the end where Batman escapes, leaves, and then Joker's like, enjoy yourself out there in the asylum. Yeah, yeah. that's so, great. Like, that's perfect. Like, and they're just, like, walking out like nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's kind of like, hey, thanks for swinging by, but... Him, <laughs> this is so normal and um the real world is crazy to him and um i also like in the beginning when they psychoanalyze joker and they say joker's he doesn't even fall in the spectrum of, of being psychotic he's he, super he could sane. He, yeah he's super sane he's he's so advanced that he can and you know he's light years uh, ahead of everyone else mm. and that's how advanced he is so yeah yeah he he contorts and molds to yeah. So right, that's he, what he that Doctor Ruth said in the beginning. You know, <laughs> he called her Doctor Ruth. <laughs> yeah, Doctor well, Ruth. She even said that. Um, he, she says that the Joker seems to have no control over sensory information he's receiving from the outside world. He reinv he reinvents himself almost daily, and. Um, right. He, she says, it's quite possible we may actually be looking at some kind of super sanity here, a brilliant new modification of human perception, more suited to urban life at the end of the 20th century. Uh, isn't that today? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then, and, and what's it's, going on today? People's going fucking nuts. And, and that's why the asylum is every day to him. It's business as usual. It's like he doesn't flinch. Because it's it's normal to him. the The real world is the real insanity for him. Mm. Mm. <laughs> man, that was a that was a doozy. It was all right, man. <laughs> oh shit, we, we we got the grump in here too. Uh, we got oh, grump. Overlooking. I'm messing with my Nintendo thing. Oh, hey. Grumps. Damn, Grumps. Damn, the Grump, I man. I couldn't find the book. And... Damn, Grumps Fuck. phoning it in, man. Fuck. Walking in with the backpack, like, oh, all with crumbled papers in it. <laughs> yeah, My dog shit falling it. out everywhere. <laughs> the fuck Damn. you want, man? I had a flood, man. Oh, God. <laughs> Grumps was at a protest, man. They were <laughs> hey, three Grumps, RIP to those three long boxes, man. Damn. Oh, Jeez. Damn. Or may we, or may we have a moment of silence real quick. Yeah. The grump. So, um, Arkham Asylum. All right. Um, we'll do out of five. We'll start with Gramps. Out of five, satisfaction rate. Out of what do you <laughs> Man, I mean, like I said, this was one of my, the first books that I ever read of Batman as a young reader, and it really set an impression for me. Even though at the time I didn't really know what I was reading. Um, now, especially with you guys, you know, talking about it and reviewing, I mean, this, this book stands out by itself as something that, you know, I could read it again in another 34 years and find something <laughs> new about it. And mm. it, it is definitely a, a five out of five for me. Damn. I mean, just the artwork, Ooh. the complexity. Damn, the gramp seal of a Yeah, this is this is getting that absolute version, and I don't have too many of those, but I got to have this one. 
Damn. Rated perfect, perfect score. That's uh, that's that's a that's a what's a hell of a way to start. What about you, TZ? You believing? Whew. Yeah, I you know this story is a trip. I'm gonna give it a four point nine. It's it's just shy of perfect. Um, I, I the artwork is ahead of its time, and it mm, yeah, it it holds up to now after thirty one years. But I think it's still ahead of its time now, and um, yeah. I I loved it, and I'm gonna read it again. But um, mm. yeah, yeah, I mean, I, uh... to, to be honest, like I like the cross parallels from Amadeus's story to Bruce's. But um, you know, Morrison likes to jump around. So, uh, so yeah, so T- Dan, four out of four point nine for TZ. Yeah, very nice, bro. Yeah, the the, uh, the artwork's incredible. Can't beat it. Believe what, what, what you, Tom. I gotta think back to what did I give uh, Snyder and Capullo? I think I gave him like a like a what like a four two four three. I want to say. I must have. I gave him a four something. Um, this this for me is like I'm gonna give it a graphic novel score, and not just like a a comic like arc because this is an all encompassing graphic novel one shot, right? So, man, it's hard to say this is not like um, it's got everything I want. It's also got like the reread, the reread, the reread potential, the reread quality. I read this is probably like the sixth or seventh time I've made, read through this book. I read it every couple of years just to kind of not usually just flipping through it, admiring the art, but first time in a long time where we actually sat down and like dissected it. And like I said, there's still shit that we're missing, man. So the reread quality of this book is just too big to give it less than like a four. So, and I got to give it more than a couple, I got to give it more than a um, quarter vowels. So I'm like with teases, I got to say, like. I'm gonna say four point nine seven. This is gonna be. This is gonna be. This might be the highest reading. <laughs> from now on, this will be the standard that I hold like everything to. I think. Ah. Well, it's almost like okay, yeah. you, you know, you you get these guys and they're like, oh yeah, I, I I like comics, I like this, I like that. And, oh yeah, you like Arkham Asylum, serious house on serious earth. Oh, that's a test. If they yeah, if they've the read test. that and yes. they, they get it, right. okay, cool. And, yeah, like you're right. This is something that you can give to like someone who's like a fucking anthropology major or like a history major or like an art major. And they're going to find all these little references that you might even miss. And they're going to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can give this to like a fucking an acid head, like like a you can give this to like a 60s like flower child and be like, man, I've been reading this book since before I knew it existed. <laughs> yeah, it's a trip. I like so. Uh, there's a book out as well. I forgot what it's called. I think it's by Sam Keith. It's another Arkham Asylum book. Oh, uh, um, Madness. What's it? Is it called Madness? Yeah, it's, it's it's awesome because it makes you feel like you're spending a night in Arkham because they keep showing the clock until it hits like the next morning, and it's really effective in that way. And I think he definitely took, you know, you know, he he. I must feel, I must feel like he wanted to continue the tradition or tone that came from Arkham Asylum, and it was um it was cool because he actually incorporated Harley in there. And there's a part where she's sitting with the therapist, and she was like, 
you know, don't be uh, so on your high horse or whatever. I used to be in your position not too long ago, or whatever. And she's like smoking a cigarette, and it was just so raw and effective. Like you really understood the characters. So yeah, that's uh, think of that. That, yeah, that's we, we that's, should cover that's that. That's Arkham actually. Asylum Madness that uh, came out in I think like uh, that's like ten years old now. Yeah, Sam, we should actually cover that now that we're on this kick. It was a good one, but but what about you, Rob? What do you give it? Uh, well, on the scale that uh, everybody's on Five. with it right now, I'm gonna I gotta go with like a four eight, and it's only because it's jarring to see Batman getting punked by the Joker in the beginning, like when he's slapping his ass, and Batman's just seems almost afraid. Uh, mm. Now. Grant did say that uh, this this story, you know, this version, the way he wrote everyone here, the the characterization of everyone was only contained to this to this story in this universe. You know, if if you read everything else that Grant wrote, his his Batman run, his Batman Robin run, uh, Batman Incorporated, it's all much more uh, typical. You know, like the the more traditional. Uh, takes on characters but uh, it, it's just a little bit jarring to see some of the differences like that and that's the only thing that like well i i don't want to feel less respect for batman but uh everything else uh like really is is flawless i get nice. that i get that i get that yeah it's 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 just weird to see him get punked by joker and you know joker slaps yeah, bats but... and he doesn't turn around and drop him yeah but you know it is the Joker. I don't know. We just the death of the family, and you could see what Joker's capable of. I don't know. It's. But he wasn't slapping Batman's ass. I, I think there's only <laughs> one person in the only one person that could get away with that. That's the Joker for some reason. I just feel like those two. I don't know. And that's where and that love. About, that's where that lovers card came in. Oh shit! Gramps is gonna Gramps is gonna be reading this again tonight and things with his magnifying glass out and his. I'm already got my reader drama hat. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um. What about you, uh, Grumps? Do you remember this story? Do you, could you give it a read? Nah, I gotta abstain. I haven't like read it in yeah. thirty something years, probably. So. Damn. I don't want to give this out is, that. This is your. That, what are you new? Uh, this is his boy too, I Morrison. Know, so Damn. I, I couldn't find the book. I, I honestly don't know what happened to it. Um, it's not on the show. It's in the flood, man. <laughs> <laughs> the flood got it. Okay. It's got to be better than anything I've read recently. So. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, 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 this thing is ahead of its time. Yep. I uh, I give it a, oh, I'll give it like a four four point eight two two three four seven <laughs> four point eight because well yeah one point I didn't like Batman getting choked out by Cavendish whatever the fuck his name yeah. is I was like I know he was like on hallucinogens and he got stabbed Impaled, and all this yeah. crazy shit but but still and um and I I. I, I wish Freeze was in it. I know it's a silly thing, but he Morrison had everyone who really belongs in Arkham in this book, like Clayface and Scarecrow and Two Face and Joker. He had all in Mad Hatter, like he had all the people, the prime candidates for the asylum in there. And a little piece of me just wishes that we had Freeze. But this is, but, yeah. but then again, this was before Freeze started blowing up because the truth is, Dini blew Freeze up. Yeah, like, he's the say. one who put Freeze on the map. So and yeah. If you're going to buy this, buy like the at least the 25th anniversary edition that has the script in it or the absolute mm-hmm. because 
the script by Morrison has mm. such insight and such little, you know, clues and explanations and for it. It's it's really. I mean, I could just sit here and read the script by itself. Yeah, it's so Does fun. It has some drawings in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has some drawings. Has some new art. The absolute is, and oh, it has this really cool thing in the absolute. It's a uh, a piece of artwork of the Joker, and it was an illustration created for a charity auction held during 1988 at the UK Comic Art Convention in London. So that's a pretty nice piece that the Absolute comes with. I'm not sure if the other ones come with it. May probably, but uh, yeah, mine does. Um, yeah, this thing was ahead of its time, man. I think it still. Is. I remember, I remember when this thing came out, and it was like, it was it was just on another level, and it was like Arkham Asylum. You know, a serious house and serious. It was just, it was next level shit, man. It was, it was stuff that he evolved. You know, this kind of storytelling evolves the Batman mythos, and just makes it more serious and interesting and psychological and just respectable. Like this is more than comic books. This is, you know, heavy psychological stuff. And it's just, you know, the artwork is just uh, like art students could study this kind of stuff. So. It, it, it's it's a gem that I feel doesn't get talked about too often these days. Everything is like well, that's what makes it know, really killing cool. joke. You know, and... it's not played out. Mm. Yeah, uh, Graham's gave it a five or though. So five. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Graham's gave it the fist, boy. So you know, that's it. So that's another Batman classic review in the books. Everyone, we highly highly recommend. Arkham Asylum, a serious house on serious earth. If you like art, if you like surrealism, if you want to delve into the psyche of these characters, this this is gonna take you on a really interesting journey in the night throughout the night. <laughs> and it stays with you too. It actually makes you want to go back and read it again. That's a sign of a good book, is the fact that you want to go back and read it again. Alright, tell us what you think on social media. We think uh, when you read Arkham Asylum, Serious House, Serious Earth. Bad Force Radio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube. I'm a